Hey everyone, it's Daniel here. Before we get into today's episode, just want to give you a quick reminder that I will be hosting a giveaway for the podcast soon. The podcast is turning it's turning one in June. Uh, it's turning one in June on June the 13th, and I'm excited to do a giveaway uh, for to celebrate the one year anniversary of the show. Um, I did a uh, I did a short episode about the giveaway, detailing everything, and there will also be some details in the description of today's episode about the giveaway. Uh, but just to quickly give you some details about how you can enter and what it's for, um, I am partnering with the Isaiah 117 House for this giveaway. If you are not aware, uh, the Isaiah 117 House is a Tennessee-based nonprofit organization that provides physical and emotional support in a safe and loving home for children awaiting foster care placement. Um, they have locations all across the Southeast United States, and they're a really, really great organization. And so I'm excited to have this opportunity to partner with them. If you want to uh, enter the giveaway, all you have to do is um, make a donation to the Isaiah 117 house through Venmo. Uh, you can make your your donation in $5 increments. So if you make a $5 donation, that will be one submission into the giveaway. A $10 donation will be two submissions and so on and so forth. Uh, the winner of the giveaway will be announced on Monday, June the 12th, and they will receive the first ever Radio Face t-shirt, the first ever Radio Face sticker, and a $50 Visa gift card, all for all given to you, uh, shipped straight to you. Uh, so again, you can make as many entries as you like. All proceeds will go directly to the Isaiah 117 house. Uh, none of this will be coming back to me, so I really hope you take this opportunity to support this great organization and all the great work they're doing. If you don't have uh, to make a donation, you'll need to do it through Venmo. So if you don't have a Venmo account, you can download it for free on your phone, hook up your bank account, and then make a donation to uh, the Chambliss Center, which handles all the finances for the Isaiah 117 house. Uh, the handle for the Chamble Center on Venmo is at C-H-A-M-B-L-I-S-S-C-E-N-T-E-R. Um, that's where you can find them on Venmo. And whenever you make this donation to enter this, the giveaway, just make a note with your donation, uh, you know, just distinguishing that this is for the giveaway. So you can make a note saying Radio Face Podcast. You can make a note that just says podcast. You can make a note that says giveaway, anything along those lines that denotes that you are making this donation to the Isaiah 117 house for this giveaway. Uh, as I said, the winner will be announced on Monday, June the 12th. So you've got a lot of time to enter this giveaway. Uh, and I'm really excited to partner with the Isaiah 117 house and raise some money for a great cause. Thank you all for all the support you've given me uh, over this year so far. And I'm excited for year number two. Thank you for the Isaiah 117 house for partnering with me. And I'm really excited to uh, take this opportunity to help out a great organization. There'll be some more details about this down in the description. So if you'd like to learn more, head down there to the description, check everything out down there for more details. And if you have any questions about the giveaway, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Radio Face Pod on all social media platforms, or simply go to... Um, or simply email me at radiofacepod at gmail.com with any questions you have about the show or about the giveaway. Thank you again for all your support. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum, and I will be your host as always. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know of a few things of note. First, you may or may not be aware that I host another podcast called The Third Seat. The Third Seat is unrelated to the podcast you are listening to right now, but if you'd like to check it out, then I will put a link in the description of today's episode that you can use to listen to it. If you like this podcast, then I really think you will like The Third Seat as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Next, I want to let you know of a few ways you can support the podcast. First, be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy the show. 
Word of mouth is not only a great way to help support the show, but it's also zero cost. Secondly, if you enjoyed today's episode, then be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a positive review is one of the best ways of not only supporting the show, but it also gives me direct feedback from you regarding how you feel about the show overall. I greatly appreciate if you decide to take the time to support the show in any of these ways. Finally, if you'd like to follow me or the show on social media, then feel free to check out the description of today's episode. Here you will find all affiliated and mentioned links, as well as how you can support the show online. As always, I want to thank you for tuning into and supporting the show. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. But first, I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Lucky to Know You Apparel. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever loved your friend so much that you just want to squeeze them until they explode? Well, this local Chattanooga-based clothing brand wants to portray that feeling into a community that appreciates the people in their lives. Today's sponsor, Lucky to Know You Apparel, is using fashion and feelings to bring people together, making them ecstatically say, can you believe we happen to exist at the same time? Check out their Instagram, at Lucky to Know You Apparel, and website, www.luckytoknowyou.com, to purchase your own apparel or gift one to a friend. Listeners of this podcast can use code FEELINGLUCKY for 15% off your next order. Again, that is code FEELINGLUCKY, spelled F-E-E-L-I-N-L-U-C-K-Y at checkout for 15% off your next order. And hey, if no one has told you today, we are lucky to know you. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum. I will be your host for this episode as always. And I'm excited to uh, bring you all another episode today with a guest of mine that was actually recommended to me by two people. Uh, They know who they are, but uh, it was funny the way that I actually came across this individual. Uh, I hadn't met them before. And uh, the way that I was recommended this person was just that they were someone in the Chattanooga area. They were doing a lot of really cool things online, specifically in the cooking, uh, online cooking sphere. And I was immediately intrigued. And so uh, I have the pleasure today of sitting across the table and speaking with Mr. Cornelius Lathan. So Cornelius, thank you for joining me today. Man, thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. So for those that may not be aware of you and kind of what you do and who you are, do you care to just share a little bit about your story and just what you're doing right now? Of course. So um, I'm Cornelius Lathan a local entrepreneur slash caterer slash private chef guy slash YouTuber. Um, so just a guy who a pretty much a jack of all trades pretty much. So, and, and right now I see you do a lot of things on, on social media, but how long have you been kind of doing what you're doing right now? So when the pandemic hit in 2020, I felt, you know, I was like everybody else getting furloughed from my yeah. job. So I had to figure out a way to still get my skill set out and be happy uh, at the same time as live. So uh, what I did was I invested in some equipment and um, I began to um, dabble into the YouTube um, yeah. universe. And um, it was really cool because it still allowed me to be able to cook mm-hmm. uh, without having to cook for people. Because my biggest thing was I want to be able to cook for the whole world eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so YouTube has gave, given me a platform where now you know, being monetized and having a a somewhat kind of growing audience. Um, I'm able to, you know, um, do what I love to do at the same time as entertain people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's just been really incredible. Yeah. 
And and before you started, uh, before you started on YouTube, was was cooking something like was your your job before you started this? Was it was it something in the kind of restaurant food industry, or, or was this something that you just kind of decided to do just for the fun of it? So I, I'm gonna give you kind of my my, my story. Um, yeah, give quick. it to me. Hey, we got um, we got nothing but time, so go for it. <laughs> so in 2013, I went to culinary school, and oh. um, when I went to culinary school, I had um, instructors that always said. If you're planning on going to Food Network, you might as well quit school now. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I was like, that's why I came to culinary school. I want to get to that point. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest point. You, I mean, any culinary artist want to get to. So what I did was I, I suffered through the, the my culinary journey. So I worked in all kinds of restaurants, and I name a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've staged at, like, Easy Bistro, the St. John's. I actually worked at Roots Chris for, like, three years. Uh, the Fairyland Club. So I put in my time and my dues mm-hmm. um, as a line cook, but I never made like chef status. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mind, I was like, eventually I want to go in business for myself. Mm-hmm. So I had to start crossing off them T's on my list. So mm-hmm. one thing was in order to be a caterer, you have to learn how to batch cook. Mm-hmm. So what I did was went to one of the Fortune 500 company insurance companies here in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. and um, I worked in the cafeteria. And I knew a lot of my chef friends looking at it like I was going backwards, but the whole time I had a vision. Um, so I'm, I'm playing chess with my career. Yeah. So I went to this company. We had a thousand, over a thousand employees that we had to cook for daily. Wow. Um, but the thing with that was they're actually paying for their meal. So not all of them are going to eat there, yeah. but you still have to prepare it in case they do eat there. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. And once I mastered that, now it was time to get another skill set under my belt, and that was I want to do like fancy foods. Mm-hmm. So I end up going to uh, work at private schools like Boy Buchanan yeah, and GPS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, at those schools, it was really awesome because we're doing some really upscale foods, yeah. cooking for like 900 people daily. Now you have to cook for because everybody got to eat there. So yeah. uh, once I mastered that, it was time to start my own thing. But one thing I lacked that was customer service experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I had one of the clients tell me, um, she was like, Kanish, you cook really awesome, but um, your customer service skills suck. <laughs> and uh, that was like the biggest blow to me. So uh, one day, me and my wife, we was together, and we had went over to um, Best Buy, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as I walked through the door, I had a customer service representative greet me, and I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, I kind of like that. I was yeah. like, that's what I need. Yeah. And so, you know, he worked with me throughout the whole period. I ended up buying some stuff, but it planted a seed there that I was like, if I want to grow as a chef and as an entrepreneur, I need to have uh, experience, mm-hmm. customer service experience like that. Yeah. So what happened was I ended up uh, applying for a job at Best Buy, never had sales experience. Um, and I'm applying for a full-time job in a company that re- rarely hire full-time associates. Yeah. And um, I had an interview with the guy and um, the general manager, and he laughed in my interview. He's like, I can't believe that I'm about to hire you full-time in a position that you know nothing about. But I told That means him, you're very trainable, though. Right, yeah. right. And so I told him, I said, man, I give you a promise. I said, man, if you give me this opportunity, I promise you won't regret it. Mm-hmm. And so in two years at Best Buy, I did almost $4 million in sales in two years. I was wow. the top guy in Connected Home throughout the Best Buy company. Yeah. So um, with that, I got to experience things like go down to Orlando um, with the Top Gun um, Top Gun um, program they had. Yeah. And um, it was really great. But in those four years, I had to be in customers' face day to day. So 
no matter how I was feeling yeah. or whatever, I had to put on this 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 mask and go out and, and yeah. get these people the, the customer service yeah. experience they was looking for. And uh, once I mastered that, then that's when Raleigh and Company and the Bistro, that's how it was birthed. Because now I'm like, I got everything that I need to go out and be great. And so, like I said earlier, my whole culinary career, I played chess and now it's checkmate. So now I'm out here doing doing what I'm doing now. I love it, man. And so and so specifically looking at your time at uh, at Best Buy, what did you I mean, you mentioned kind of broadly customer service, but how were you able to translate that experience into what you're doing now? Because like, you know, like you say, like everybody loves to be greeted right. and like loves to be treated nice. But like that means different things in different arenas right. and in different industries. So like, how did you translate that from from your time at Best Buy to what you're doing now? So here's the deal with with customer service. Like everybody wants to feel welcome. Mm-hmm. And so being a chef, I was always in the back of the house. So I never got the experience working firsthand with customers and you know that was a big blow for me that's why a lot of chefs never transition outside of the kitchen but for me i was able to meet these clients and i got the the mindset or the mind like an elephant i actually wear an elephant around my neck because of that um so i got this great memory and so what what happened was i worked with a customer no matter we, we was not on commission so it i didn't need that sale to get paid so if you came in looking to buy uh, a SD card, I'm going to give you that same customer service experience that if rather if you was coming in to buy $30,000 worth of equipment. Because mm-hmm. my mindset was if you will buy a $10 SD card and I treat you very well, mm-hmm. next time you're looking to make a big purchase, you're going to come to me because there's no pressure. Yeah. He, this guy helped me when yeah. I, I came to buy nothing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So that's the mindset I had. And um, just, just giving people... Like making them feel welcome, making them feel important, um, and how that translated to my business. Now I'm, I'm dealing with clients firsthand, mm-hmm. and um, knowing them by first name when I see them. You mm-hmm. know, hey, how you doing? Greeting them, um, just just giving them that same service. Mm-hmm. You know, making them feel important. Yeah. And I think that's that's important in this industry. It, it's important being an entrepreneur, period, because the people you have to make the people feel welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and something that. I definitely agree. And something that I think that, uh, lends well to, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of the goal to, uh, that you want to achieve in regards to customer service is not just to like make someone feel welcome or just like treat them nice. Like, yeah, like generally speaking, whether you're a customer service representative or you work back of the house or wherever you're at in your job, like it's a, I would recommend re- treating people kindly with respect. Right. But the, the goal in my mind is to, treat them, like you said, whether they're coming in for a big purchase or a small purchase, you want to treat them in a way that will encourage them to come back. Because whatever business you're in, you're going to make your money off the people that can, that come once and enjoy it and continue to come back. Exactly. You know, one of the, one of the kind of, I think best examples of, of that is, uh, so the only, not the only time, but the main kind of experience I've had working with the public was, uh, before I started working in the job I was working in now, I worked at Target and I worked there for probably four months. I've talked about it on the show before. Uh, but uh, something that really struck me is that a lot of people that can, not everybody, but a lot of people that came there, they, they came there for what they perceive, not because we had like the best products. I mean, we offered similar products to competitors and it wasn't really 
anything that much different. It'd be different brands and stuff. But a lot of them came back because they felt like they got some kind of experience that they couldn't get elsewhere. Maybe the, maybe it was a little bit nicer looking or maybe they liked the music a little bit better, but like it was the things that we tried to do on our end that made them feel like it was an experience they couldn't get elsewhere. And it doesn't, you know, if someone comes in one time and spends a hundred dollars, that's great. But if they never come back, you just got a hundred dollars out of the person. But if, right. if someone comes and they spend $15 and they come on a weekly basis and they come every single week, right. that's going to pay you a lot more dividends for both parties because they're going to be satisfied every time and you're going to get a return that you wouldn't be able to get on the other person. And so I think that that understanding can really be applied in a lot of different ways because right. it's not about just striking the iron while it's hot one time. Mm-hmm. You want to try to translate that to multiple experiences over and over and over and over again. So in, in your case, yeah, you want to make good food, but you don't just want to make it in a way where people are like, oh, that was great, and then they forget about it. Right. You, you want to make it where they, they, yes, enjoy the food, but they remember you as well. Exactly. So that whenever it comes time for them to cater an event or have a meal or you know do whatever they want to do, you're going to be top of mind, you know? And, and I think that that principle, you know, that was something that stuck to me a lot of times whenever, uh, whenever I was in school, we were learning about these things. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's definitely important and something that, that seems to be paying, you know, paying out well for you so far, you right. know? And then you got to look at this too. Um, everybody got this different taste buzz. So I might be the best cook to somebody, but somebody else, I might be the worst cook. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have to brand myself in a, in a way where, you know, these guys are still coming to me because, you know, I'm giving them not just food, I'm giving them uh, great service as well. Mm-hmm. And um, you, as an entrepreneur, and I'm always go back to entrepreneur because I'm one, but you have to look at blueprints that's already there and laid out for you. And uh, one, for instance, Chick-fil-A. Um, does Chick-fil-A have the best food in the world? Mm-hmm. No. No. But you go because you know it's consistent. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be fresh. It's going to be hot. And even it's, it's so crazy when you're so consistent like that and you make a mistake, it's big. Yeah. You know, uh, I went to Chick-fil-A once and they messed my order up one time out of <laughs> so many times. And it was so big to me because I'm like, wow, this has never happened. Yeah. But, you know, that's just the consistency they, they, they provide. So, you know, they laid out the blueprint and I just for me, I'm just follow yeah. what they laid out. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. The, the Chick-fil-A kind of conversation is funny because. I so I, I don't know where you fall in this debate, and I'm sure some people listening are probably going to gasp in horror whenever I say this. But uh, at least down here in the South, I've heard a lot of people have a very big, you know, debate between Chick Fil A and I mean, there's other other chicken chains, but right. the two that I've always heard the debate between is Chicken Chick Fil A and Zaxby's. That's the one that I've always heard of. Uh, and I have always like from a food standpoint, I have always fallen on the Zaxby's <laughs> side of the field. But I do acknowledge like Chick Fil A. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. I haven't been to all of them, but generally speaking, like that is their bread and butter. They don't, in my opinion, they don't make the best chicken. Like their food is good, but it's 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 just chicken. Like it's just chicken and fries. I mean, it's not. It's kind of hard to mess it up, you know. <laughs> but they give you like there's a reason why people come back all the time, even considering the fact that they're not open one day of the week. So whatever industry you're in, whatever position you're in, being able to apply that principle of, yes, selling a good product, like making something that you're proud of, but also showing whoever it is, uh, showing them a good experience so that they will want to come back to you. I think that is very important. And so uh, I think it's cool that you've been able to translate that into your business so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm like a sponge, man. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, Blueprints already laid out for me. I don't have to recreate the field or try to figure out. Yeah, it's already there. I'm going to follow yeah, it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, cool, man. So 
something I did not know about you, uh, kind of leading up to this, I, I try to do, you know, the best I can kind of some research and just kind of learn about each guest and, and understand a few things about them. But something I didn't know about you is that you went to culinary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's something I'm, I'm really curious about because so far on the show, uh, at the time of this recording, I don't necessarily know how the ep- episodes will shake out, but I've talked to two different people that work in the, in the food industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked to, and, and both of them have had different experiences. One of them, they, they all, they both work in, in the food industry, but one of them did go to culinary school and one of them didn't. Mm-hmm. And something that I find is interesting, like I've never worked in that industry, but I think it's industry inter- interesting, excuse me, uh, is that whatever goal of goal of yours that you have, in, it seems like in the food industry, there's multiple ways to get there. You know, uh, you can get there by going to culinary school. Like you can learn the kind of, uh, black and white of it. You can learn the ones and zeros and, and the thing, like the technical knowledge of it. And some people, they kind of take a different route and they just learn through experience. Like they'll just find the nearest restaurant and say, Hey, can I wash dishes for you? And they just learn their way through and don't really learn by rules, but more just by their experience. And that allows them to kind of get to the point they want to get to. And so, um, obviously I, I didn't know that you went to culinary school. I think it's really interesting. So, just for you, do you care to speak a little bit about uh, your experience in culinary oh, yeah. school and how that has impacted where you are currently, if that makes sense? So my experience with culinary school, it, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, actually, when, when did you go again? Uh, 2013. Gotcha. Okay. Actually, I, and I always say this, I said if I can go back and redo it, I probably would have just worked through the industry and mm-hmm. um, made it that way. Here's the thing about culinary school and – if, if somebody listening and they like institutions, uh, this is not against that at all. Mm-hmm. But um, just sharing a little, shedding a little light. So when you go to school um, to become an engineer, um, you you take your pre- your prereqs. Mm-hmm. But when you graduate, you're an engineer. Yeah. You know, when you go to school to be a chef, um, you graduate, you're not a chef. Yeah. So. A lot of times you have to take a base job, and a, a base job in the restaurant is washing dishes, mm-hmm. like eight dollars an hour. Yeah. Well, some of these culinary schools, man, they charging you sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year. Yeah. And you starting out at eight dollars an hour to wash dishes. Newsflash: that does not cut it. That's <laughs> that's tough to live on. <laughs> so, and and it's like now you got this big debt on you. And the thing about the school debts, always interest being added on. So by the time you become a chef. And most executive chefs make about sixty thousand a year. By the time you become a chef, it's like you're so far in the hole mm-hmm. that you'll never get out of that debt. Yeah. And um, speaking from that standpoint, that's why I I, I kind of preach against it because a lot of kids go to culinary school because it's like the last resort. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people get into cooking, it's like they can't figure out anything else. So like, let me just cook the, and they end up getting stuck in the industry. Yeah. So I try to talk to young kids early. I'm actually teach a class at CSA. It's called the CSAS Bistro. And I try to get in these guys' heads young. And, like, if you want to make this a career, uh, we live in a time of the Internet where mm-hmm. you don't have to necessarily go to culinary school to become a great chef. Um, you can study and um, learn abroad. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not just traveling outside of the country either. You can do it here locally. Yeah. Um, but I always try to get people early because – Debt is so hard to pay off when mm-hmm. you're not making nothing. Yeah. And um, that's the beauty of leaving the industry and becoming an entrepreneur. It was one point, man, where I was working three jobs and, like, struggling. Yeah. Three restaurant jobs, too. That is, is, is so hard and yeah. backbreaking. But now um, I'm at the point now where, you know, I work for myself and um, 
man, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, so for you, whenever you first started, when, when did you officially, you said it was in 2020 when you kind of officially started to take that leap of, of working yeah. for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously there were a lot of things going on at that time period. Uh, but, um, for you, what, what was your mindset like whenever you kind of took that first step off, you know, kind of on your own journey? Because, um, I think in my mind, like I've never really started a business or like had many, uh, kind of financial endeavors in that Mm -hmm. sense. But I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, you know, for a lot of people, uh, myself included, like I have a day job, like I I work it. And for a lot of people like that is your security. Like it it provides you your, your income. Yes. But there's a lot of things that come with that, whether you make a lot of money or don't make a lot, like any amount of stepping away from that kind of security and doing your own thing. Like there's that's a, that's a, that can be a scary thing. So like, what has, what was your mindset like at that time? And, and looking back now, you know, almost three years, I guess when, what time in the, in 2020, did you start doing your own thing? Um, probably early on. Okay. I was gonna say, so you might be three, kind of three years removed from that. What's your mindset like now compared to then? So it, COVID was terrible, but at the same time, I try to find something good out of everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, once you get to the point where you depend on this job mm-hmm. to make it, and then, you know, they call you in the office mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you know, we in the middle of a pandemic. There's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is still, and yeah. we're going to have to furlough you. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I realized, like, even the best job security is not secure. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, like, relieving for me because it's like I can go out and – attempt to start this company for myself mm-hmm. and um if i fail if i fail i can always go work another job mm-hmm. it's no problem i can go apply for a job they hire me in a heartbeat yeah but if i succeed though i can create jobs mm-hmm. and give people the opportunity so for me it was it was not hard because we was in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. and everything was at a standstill so it was either you gonna swim or sink yeah uh, but my mindset now is uh, I wish I would have did it sooner. Mm-hmm. And um, I did dabble with it a little bit like in 2013, I mean, 2016, 2017. But I always had that job as a crutch. So even when I wasn't doing well in business as a part time business owner, uh, I always had that job. So I went and actually pursue nothing really because I'm like, well, I still make a paycheck for my job every week. Yeah. So I wasn't as consistent as I should have been. Mm-hmm. And um but when the pandemic hit, I had to be consistent. So it just it just trained me up more. So now every everything I look at, I'm I'm trying to think about how can I be better, how can I um, go forward and and do better. But like I said, um, the only thing I would change, I, I probably would have did it sooner. But you know, saying that, my mindset probably wouldn't have been where it was mm-hmm. if it hadn't been for the pandemic. So yeah, uh, I think that was the perfect time to start for me. Yeah, and you know. All the all all of the negative like obvious negative things about the pandemic in 2020 aside, um, something I think that from my perspective, and I know it's it's true in my own personal life because this is living proof of it, but something I think that that happened for a lot of people was, you know, to me I think that there is so much benefit in as as silly as it sounds in just trying new things in what whatever age range you're in is trying to create something new mm-hmm. it doesn't even necessarily have to be like oh i'm going to reinvent like i'm going to it doesn't even necessarily have to be like i'm going to start a new business it can be simply trying a new hobby that you're not you know yet ready to try like you're not the best at it yet right. there's so much benefit to 
doing things that, yes, you enjoy, but also trying new things and putting yourself in situations where you aren't the best one in the room at it. Um, And I think that taught a lot of people that, for better or for worse, because like you said, suddenly we were all kind of in a weird position where some of us could work our jobs. Some of us, even if we were working our jobs, it wasn't exactly the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. Some of us didn't, weren't, weren't able to work our jobs. And so we had to fill our time with something. And so, you know, as, as silly as it sounds, like I, I, one of the things that I did during the pandemic, I, was, I remember I was sitting at home and I was still in school and nothing was happening. I was like, I'm going to learn some magic tricks. I was like, what else do I got to do? I was like, I got nothing but time. Like, what, what am I, what else am I going to do? And, you know, obviously I'm not trying to be a magician or anything, but it was cool to, that experience opened me up to, oh, there's still things like I can learn. Like I don't have to just wake up and do my job and then close off my learning window when I, when I clock out at work. Like that's perfectly fine. If you want to work a nine to five job and do your thing, like I work one and there's a lot of benefits to it. But for me personally, I try to keep that window of what else can I do? What else can I learn and experience? Not just confined to that window of time to that window. Uh, because I think that there's a lot of benefit in doing things outside of that that uh, allows you to experience new parts of life. Right. And to me, that's what it seems a lot like you. Like, obviously, you you had worked in the food industry before, but you had never actually taken that leap where you're just on your own, doing your own thing and kind of experimenting in that way. And right. it seems to be working out well for you now because not only are you working for yourself, but you're getting to do something that you love at the same time. So I think it's really cool. And that's something that I have tried to, as much as I can, employ in my own life, you know? So... Yeah, and let me let me share this too with you. Um, so when the pandemic hit, we got furloughed, and I told you I started my YouTube channel. That was the YouTube channel was a creative outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought I, I never edited videos before. I never yeah. shot my own videos, and I'm at the house having to teach myself how to use this equipment. So it was all new to me. And um, what I did was I filmed at least six months worth of content. Cause I upload one video a week mm-hmm. before I even released my first video. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I always read how to be successful on YouTube. You have to be consistent. So I was like, that'd be the only way I can be consistent if I have a bunch of material backfile. So yeah. if if ever I run into an issue where I can't record, I still mm-hmm. got something that's going to come out. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until about a year and some change later where the YouTube channel got monetized, mm-hmm. and it was. I was hoping to get there, but it was one of them things that, that I wasn't felt necessarily like, the goal. Right. Yeah. And it was one of the things I felt like I would never achieve, mm-hmm. you know, because of, it was just so much that you had to achieve to get there. Yeah. And so that actually, because after the furlough, I actually went back to work for a couple months. But getting monetized on YouTube ha- actually helped me um, bring in some passive income. Mm-hmm. So even when catering not doing well, I'm still making money off of YouTube or Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. Reels. Mm-hmm. So that actually helped me. So that extra income allowed me to be free and, yeah. you know, eventually let the job go. Yeah. But it was a big step, though. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, especially when you got uh, three mouths to feed at home. It's like, <laughs> you know, if, if I don't work, I, I don't eat, you know, and also the biggest thing of becoming an entrepreneur, the biggest thing for me was, you know, I was so used to getting a paycheck every week. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're an entrepreneur, you ain't getting paycheck. <laughs> so, you know, just just realizing that you're not going to get a paycheck every week. But, you know, sometimes you might get a check that's like two, three months worth of paychecks that you would have got working for the job. But you got to now take that and learn how to like balance that, mm-hmm. you know, for the last. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's been really freeing, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. And, and, and you know, something that uh, I've been kind of talking this to death a little bit, but this is my podcast, so I can talk to whatever <laughs> I want. I guess that's the point of this. Uh, but something that you, you talked to, you just mentioned there reminded me of this is that um, so something that I think that I've been trying to really focus on in my life is yes, obviously doing things like, cause you want to reach a goal. Like, you know, why do we work? It's like, we want to, you know, get a, get a paycheck. Like we all need money in some form. We all need to keep the lights on and provide for ourselves and our loved ones. And like, yes, there, there is a reason and behind doing something with a, with a, uh, de- a definite outcome in mind. Right. But I also think that there is a lot of benefit in simply doing something or creating something or what, whatever it is, doing it for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily doing it because like, oh, if I can just get to this point, then I'll be like, then I'll be there. Right. Uh, because I think a lot of times we as individuals, we like to do things because it's like, oh, if I could just make X amount of dollars, then I'll be happier. If, oh, I can just make, if I can just make this product, then I'll be recognized in my field as the expert and then I'll make it. Right. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think that, I mean, going back to the old saying of like, I think a lot of times the journey is a lot more important than the destination. Like, yes, you, for you, like, of course you want to be able to be to a point where the work that you do individually provides for you and your loved ones and you can do what you love. But if you only focus on the destination, if you only focus on where you want to be in the future and not where you are now, how are you ever going to appreciate the steps along the way? You know, for me, I've talked a lot about it a lot on the show, but in regards to this show, my main focus has not been like, oh, how many downloads am I getting? Or, oh, am, am I am I at a point yet where I can monetize it? Or like, oh, does anybody want to sponsor the show? Mm-hmm. For me, it's more just I'm doing this because I really enjoy talking with people. Like I, I enjoy learning people's stories and having fun conversations with them. Right. And so whatever comes from that, that's all just extra on the top for me because the goal is not necessarily to, Oh, I want to, I want to be to this point and have this many downloads. It's, it's just to do it. And that's what that right now for me is so much more fulfilling than like, Oh man, I, I just wish I could get to this point because if, if I get to a point where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm over overly satisfied with the show. Great. But regardless, it's still a success for me. And that, that like the success is in the doing. And so that's something I've really been focusing on. And, and I think that's really cool that your mindset isn't necessarily like, Oh, I've got to make, I have to make this YouTube channel monetize. It's more just, no, I'm doing it because I, I want to do it. I want to have a creative outlet. I think right. that's really cool. And yeah. And that was my process behind it because a lot of times what happened is, and this happened to me with YouTube. Um, like I said, once it got monetized, I was happy about it. Like mm-hmm. I said, it was something I, I never thought I, I, I would achieve, but the minute I got monetized, it started feeling like a job, and yeah. I kind of like hated doing it at that point. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back to the drawing board and realize why I started this channel, and it was an outlet for me, mm-hmm. and that's how I had to look at it. So a lot of times when people start looking at numbers and stuff, like they get you sidetracked because it's yeah. not important, yeah. you know. And what's crazy is like I would have a video that'll go up. And um, I think it's the best video ever mm-hmm. and probably get like 90 views. <laughs> and then like this happened to me on TikTok yeah. and the video that I thought I'm just put this up because it's in my phone. I'll just put it up. Yeah. It did 837, 867,000 views. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, so it's just one of them things like so I try not to look at the numbers yeah. um, and I try to. Just be let it grow organically. Yeah. Because when it grow organically, I feel like that's where it just means a lot more. Like you said, that it's about the journey. Yeah. A lot of times I buy stuff 
And it wasn't me actually getting the thing. It was the process of getting it. Because when I get it, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I got it. It's yeah. Like it's it's dead now. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's about the journey. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that for me has allowed me a lot of uh, personally a lot of a lot of uh, pressure to be lifted for me because I'm in I'm in a very fortunate position right now where like I get to do this show and it's 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 n- numerical or financial success is not dependent on whether I'm gonna eat you know or have it like I have if this if this show were to stop tomorrow like I am gonna be perfectly fine so I'm in a position where this can just be a hobby and it can be something I enjoy doing but even at that like it's it's still hard to not be like, but how many downloads is it getting? Yeah. Or like, or like, is it, is this episode that I really thought was going to be like, is it, is it performing the way I want it to? Right. And yes, there's a time and a place. Like, I'm not saying never to look at the numbers or the financials of it all, but I think it's very important, whatever it is that you do to keep that, keep that reason why you enjoy doing what you do right. at front of mind, you know, yeah. because for you, if it just becomes about the numbers, it's like, well, what if, like you said, what if you make, what if you make something you love and it doesn't perform the way you want to? It's like, are you going to stop? Is right. that, you know, what, what then? Um, so I, that's something that's really been top of mind for me lately and something I've really tried to focus on. So that's, that's really cool to hear, man. And my sister, I'm going to say this too. My sister, <laughs> she gets so mad at me. Um, so she really like, and granted, like she's very smart. So I listen to a lot of her advice. And so she had me do these like TikTok videos and I mean, it's it's beautiful because I do these videos, and um, I they go up like twenty five thousand views in like mm-hmm. a week yeah. or something. But for me, I'm just like, man, that, that's not the type of videos I want to make. Mm-hmm. I, I got this channel because I wanted it to be my outlet. I didn't want to just go create or jump on trends mm-hmm. that other people doing. I want to be able to be the one that's creating trends. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes she asked me to do a video, and I'm like, I'm not doing that, and mm-hmm. I I shut it down. But you know, it's just one of them things like. I have to be, I, I want to be in charge of it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And even like endorsements, um, I'm at the point now where I have companies reach out to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I always want to be honest, though. Um, I feel like that's that's the, when, when people lose your trust, then they're not going to rock with you anymore. Yeah. So um, like Pamper Chef reach out to me like, oh, sorry. You're good. You're good. Pamper Chef reach out to me and they say, hey, uh, we want you to do an endorsement on uh, products or whatever. For me, I don't use their products. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to let you pay me to endorse some things that I don't physically use and sell it to the people that trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's been a lot of times where people come to me, want me to do endorsements and I won't do it. Yeah. So it, when you let money lead the way you got to lead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just- yeah. Yeah. And I think for you specifically, um, that I think that mindset, like will be, I think will pay you dividends in my mind because we, we live in an age now where there are, uh, there are people online for whatever you're interested in. Like right. there are people that have been able to build audiences and build platforms that, uh, people want to hear what people have to say in regards to like whatever your expertise is. There's food, there's uh, video product. I mean, there's ev- everything you can be interested in. There's somebody online to tell you what you should do or what, you know, give their thoughts on it. 
And those audiences, yes, are built on like the quality of, of the videos or the content they make, mm-hmm. but it's also built on how they view you. You know, like if I'm a big fan of, of what you make mm-hmm. and you say, hey, like I use this kind of machine to make this kind of, uh, to use this, make this kind of uh, dish. Right. For me, it's like, oh, this is what Cornelius uses. So like I, I try, like, he obviously makes good food. Like, you know, I want to, I want to, I respect him and I think that he makes good stuff. So like, if I'm ever looking for that thing, like that's the kind of version that I'm going to get. Right. But then if I get it and it just kind of falls apart, like the next day and I hear other people be like, yeah, I got that <laughs> same one and it fell apart. My view of you is now changed. Cause it's like, are you just, are you just selling this thing out because they're paying you a paycheck or do you, you actually never trust want, me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yes, like you want to make your money and you want to do the things you want to do, but you also specifically in, in the kind of realm that you work in, like you, you have to have people's trust. They have to view you as a credible source aside from the things you make. Like you want to make good videos and good content, but they have to view you as a credible source as well, or else everything's going to kind of fall to the wayside, you know? Yeah. Uh, something I do want to ask you about now that we're kind of on this, uh, video content topic. So there is, a. There's another online, uh, I, I do watch a lot of like food content. My, my fiance gives me a hard time because like, I'll be, I, I'm definitely one of those people that like, likes to watch something while I'm like eating a meal. And for whatever reason, I will watch recipe videos. Like people make it, they're like, today I'm going to make this thing and I'm, I'm probably not going to make it, but it's just fun to see them like craft the thing. I don't know whatever, what it is, but that's just my thing. But there's this guy online, he makes a lot of, uh, different food content and he made one video where it was like recipes that recipes that I use whenever I do not feel like cooking. And it was basically like on a day, whenever you, you know, you wake up and you don't want to get out of bed. Like these are the things that I do. And it was, it wasn't like, it was very much like struggle meals. And so, and I thought it was interesting because like a lot of times you don't see that online. A lot of times like people are like, you know, they'll make quick meal, like they'll make 20 minute meals or they'll make like a very elegant meal, whatever it is. But this guy was like, no, like this is the, I don't want to get off the couch. I'm going to eat like a a microwave potato for dinner. Like that's what this is about. And so for you, I want to know like, what are your, your, I don't want to cook meals, but I have to cook meals. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So, cause I've seen your work and you do some, like right. I saw the, uh, the video you made relatively recently. It was the, it was the like lamb, lamb chops, chops video. Yeah. And I was like, I've never made a little pyramid with my food before, but that looks pretty <laughs> nice. So it, it's interesting you say that because a lot of people who follow me or watch my content, uh, when, even one of my chef buddies came to me and said, man, you cook every night, don't you? <laughs> Man, that's far from the truth. <laughs> I probably cook once a week at home because, you know, this is a job for me now. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly cooking at work for catering. So when I get home, I'm kind of like burnt out. So yeah. a lot of my struggle meals will be <laughs> top ramen. Hey, listen, there's no shame in any of this. There's no shame. Like top ramen. Um, I love like sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I might have some deli meat and yeah. make a sandwich. Now, sometimes I might make it. Um, like spice it up a little bit. So like if I make me a PB and J, I might toast it off. Yeah. You know, um, or top ramen, I might, um, soft boil me an egg and pop it in there or, you know, um, canned chili is, is one of my go-to too, um, with some oyster crackers, but it's just one of them things, man. Dude, I could, I could eat oyster crackers out of the bag. I don't know what it is about those things. (laughs) Man, I could, I, I don't I, my uh, my coworkers have given me a hard time before because some something about I'm sure I'm not the only one but like 
every version of like just a regular cracker is like I could I could legitimately just like eat them out of the bag. Like Ritz crackers, oh, give man. me a sleeve of Ritz crackers, they're gonna be gone. Like my, I, my daughters, like oh man, yeah, I get they get a hold to it. It's, it's a wrap. It's, it's done. <laughs> and like even even like saltines, like I don't know what it is. It's something. I I I, I'm, I know these are very like basic things, but I was telling my coworkers they were like, what kind of what kind of snack do you like? And people were like Cheez Its. They were like, oh this, and I was like, I just kind of like. Ritz crackers and they were like all right here comes Papa over here eating his <laughs> box of crackers you know but I don't know man it's 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 funny but but yeah I think I think it's funny because a lot of times especially like online content creators like I think people have this idea that they're like always on right. like even to a degree like you said like you cook all day you come back you don't you're not like man I can't wait to keep cooking you know right. like right. I don't I don't do this full time and even on like days where I have interviews I'll go back to my apartment and be like I don't really want to talk to anybody. Like, I feel like I've just like ex- said every word I can say. Like, right. I, I love it, but I'm just like, man, you know, sometimes I'll like, I'll get back and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to hang out for just a couple hours and like somebody will give me a phone call and I'm like, God, I, I love you, but I don't want to talk to you right now. It's like, <laughs> why, did, why did you have to call me right now? You know? Right. So, um, I get it though. I think it's funny that that happens and, and just, you know, this idea that like even the best chefs aren't always just like whipping up the most fancy meals and the greatest things. Cause right. you know, going back to that, uh, that lamb chops video you made, I was watching, I was like, man, that's really cool. But I was like, I wonder if he, I wonder if he like makes that all the time or if that's like just a, just this video occasion, you know, just a video. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, um, and, and a lot of times, man, um, with my schedule being so hectic now, um, as a creator, I don't know if this happens to you, but a lot of times mm-hmm. I, I have the worst night sleeping um, because I'll be thinking of content or something. Sometimes I yeah. get up and I have to jot it down. Yeah. And um, a lot of times I think of a video mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. And if I got the ingredients in my kitchen, I lay there and I try to go back to sleep, but it'll be like, just get up. Yeah. And so a lot of my videos, man, honestly... I filmed them at like two, three in the morning. Yeah. And people were like, what you do with all the food? Why you didn't call me? I said, man, if I would have called you, you'd sleep. <laughs> so and if I'm if I already ate eating or um, you know, my family sleep, yeah. A lot of times, man, by the time you get to the end of the video, the food mm-hmm. is cold. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times some of it go in the trash. Yeah. Some of it. Yeah. Or my dog, me and him must sit right there and we'll enjoy <laughs> it. But you know, it, it just happens that way. Um and I I hate that my mind won't let me sleep sometimes yeah. but it's just like you know ideas are there they, they're constantly coming yeah. Yeah. sometimes i wish there's a way i can like shut it down sometimes yeah. but yeah you know it just happens yeah no no i definitely 100 percent resonate with that not that my, my sleep hasn't really suffered that much but th- this was really like the first thing i've ever really for the most part like done that's entirely mine like like then you know this is just me like i do the i do all the editing i do the creation of like all the stuff on social media i post it like i do do all the reaching out to guests like i have an email and it's not like my name it's like the radio like the the show name but it's just me it's just a separate gmail account and so like I, you know all of it is on me and and again this isn't a business for me so like if for whatever reason i wasn't able to bring out an episode like things are going to be fine like it's right, not like right. it's not like my world is going to come crashing down but I'm at a point now where I really enjoy doing it and I'm making weekly episodes and having them come out and I'm in a good place, but there's still times where like I'll sit down and I'll be like, I I try my best to have like, once I'm done, like shut it off. Like I'm not going to worry about it for a couple hours, like whatever, but still it's like, I'll think about it. Like, Oh, I would love to have a conversation with this person. Like, Oh, like this person, like they've got such a cool story. I would love to read. And then I'm starting to think like, okay, how can I find out about like, do they have a contact page? Do they have any, like, do they follow me? Do I follow them? Like whatever. And suddenly you're like, you're just sitting there just like thinking about like, you're going down the rabbit hole of how can I make this happen? And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't, but 
for me, something that as silly as it sounds like, and you kind of alluded to it, something that has helped me a lot is in those moments is not just being like, Oh, well I'll, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Like, you know, I'm not saying I necessarily like reach out to the person right then and there, but I will, I will at the very least like make a note on my phone because what's happened a lot of times is I'll think, Oh, I could talk to this person. They'd have such a good story. And I'll be like, oh, I'll sleep on it and I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And then I'll wake up the next day and I'll have completely forgotten about whoever I was going to talk about or whatever I was going to do. And that's not top of mind anymore. And so for me, something that I try to do is whenever I have these moments where I'm excited about it and like, I kind of feel the, the, the creative, you know, creative juices flowing. I'm like, okay, let me at least make a note about this so I can come back to it at a later point. I'm not going to forget about it because the last thing you want is to be like, Oh, like in your case, you don't want to be like, Oh, I've got this great recipe in mind. I'll start it tomorrow. And then you wake up and you're like, what, what was I going to do? You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's happened to me before. And I'm like, man, like, what was I, who was I going to talk to? And I mean, <laughs> it takes me forever. Like I'm scrolling through Instagram. Like, no, not this person, not this person, not this person. So, um, it, it's, it's such a funny thing. Like once you start doing something mm-hmm. totally on your own, like how your attitude towards just the world around you changes generally. Again, this is not any kind of business at this point, you know, like my, I, I'm perfectly fine. If, if this stopped tomorrow, I would still have an income, still have a job, be, be fine. But it's so, it's, it's funny how, when you create something for yourself, how your attitude towards it and the world around you changes, you know? Right. Yeah. And one, one thing that I recently just had to do was, um, I had to train my clients, man. Um, a lot of times uh, you entrepreneur, they have access to you 24 seven. And um, that was big for me because it's like, you know, I answered a call at mm-hmm. one in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, is that fair, though? Yeah. And so I had to realize, like, you know, I have work working hours and then I have hours where I, I got to be there for my kids. So, mm-hmm. you know, at, at a certain point, I stopped answering and, you know, let people know, like, hey, at this time, man, I'm I'm business. Yeah. Business yeah. is off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not fair for my little girls, man. I'm sitting here playing with them. You know, playing Roblox with them, and somebody called my phone and want to talk to me for thirty minutes about, you know. So I had to kind of train them to let them know, like, yeah. you know, I have a life outside of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, in regards to your work, so do you do you make a lot of your videos like in your in your home, like where you live? I make a hundred percent of my house. <laughs> so so do you do like your catering and stuff out of your house, or do you have like a kitchen you go to and make and make that stuff at a different place? So. Uh, I was fortunate enough to. Um, I'm in this place called the Kitchen Incubator of Chattanooga. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's powered by lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was gonna get to the point where we talk about that as well today. Yeah, um, well, I want to. I want to hear about yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. So it's a facility for designed for uh, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who's in the food service industry, mm-hmm. and it's powered by lunch. So lunch actually helped entrepreneurs, you know, with business starting, but. They had noticed that it was a lot of people that was coming to them about wanting to jump in the food industry. So what better way than to have this 10,000 square feet kitchen mm-hmm. with three different kitchens in there, place for storage, cooling, um, freezing section for all these chefs to work out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's a shared space. So um, that place right there has helped me so much because not only am I a licensed caterer in Chattanooga, but I have my health permit. I, I get health inspected there. So I'm working in a clean facility. Um, I'm actually able to turn that into a takeout restaurant when I want to do pop-ups. So it has been incredible. Like if if catering not going well, I can always supplement my income mm-hmm. by doing a pop-up. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's just been such a help and the guys there, Mark uh, Mark Holland, he's the director, man. He's so awesome, man. I seen this guy literally put his business 
on the back burner because he's an entrepreneur and a business mm-hmm. owner as well uh, to take care of us entrepreneurs. So, mm-hmm. man, it's it's that's like my home. Yeah. You know? So I, and I, I kind of learned about uh, learned about the incubator, I guess, kind of late. I don't I don't know exactly when it started, but um, I'm sure there are other programs, you know, in the world similar to in- mm-hmm. incubator. But I found it really interesting that at least to me, you can correct me if I'm wrong, like it seems to be this kind of like test lab of sorts of just ideas and, and specifically, you know, regarding the food industry. But I thought that was really cool that, you know, people could come in and even if you don't have like a restaurant or you're, you know, right. you're starting out at your house, like it would be very difficult, I would imagine, for you to like do catering and like batch orders outside of your house because like you've just probably got your own stove and oven and that's kind of it, you know? Um, so like, what is it like? Can like, can just anybody walk in there and be like, Hey, I want to do this thing. And then I want, you know, I want to start making, let's just say like Cajun food. Like, let me just, I want to, can I, I just want to walk in here and just start making it. Like, how does the, what does the process work? Like going, going at uh, incubator. So, um, to become a member, you have to have, um, like business license, of course. Yeah. Um, but they do offer classes for people who start now who don't know what they want to do and they kind of guide them into, you know, what they can do and you can eventually start and, um, start your products there. But, um, for me, I was actually, like I told you, I was catering before I got there, and um, I was working out of my house. Sometimes you got to start where you got to start. Yeah, yeah. So, no, no, I, um, <laughs> I agree. I agree, man. So um, I remember I used to cook for this family, man, and it was like 60 people. And um, that's a family of 60. 60 is people. this like extended family or like a yeah, yeah, it's like a standard family. So they had like um, <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking like, yeah, I got it's like me and my 57 brothers and sisters. I was like, golly, man. So they get together like on Easter, like big holidays, yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. And um, so I'm catering for them, um, on a regular. And um, out of my house, it used to take me three days to do this, and I'm it was sure. like going about ice, like making sure everything is cool because so much can go wrong mm-hmm. you know? oh yeah yeah and um that really like taught me like man i need i need a space and um then i found that about kick and um the same family i still cook for them and it take me two hours oh really two hours versus nice. three days nice so uh, it's just one of them things like you know better you do better mm-hmm. um and i suggest any or uh, um if you Think about um, bottled goods mm-hmm. or, you know, um, catering, cooking, um, to give an incubator a shout yeah. because, like, it, it'll change your life. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's cool. Something you said that uh, I, th- I think it's really cool. And I, I think the incubator is a really cool just concept that's been work- working out so far. Um, and again, I'm talking about things that, you know, I've been talking about to death. But uh, something you mentioned there that has been very much my mindset, especially with this and just life in general. Um, I, I think that, I think we live in a world, especially now just due to the advent of the, of the internet, mm-hmm. it can be very easy to look at someone and, you know, look at the, the success that they're having and think like, wow, like they, they've reached this point. Like, how am I ever going to get there? Like, especially you look at people online, it's like, they'll have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. And it seems like they've just always been that way. And for me, it's like, how did, how did they, like they, they at some point they didn't have that. Like, how did they get to that point? Right. And I think a lot of times it can be kind of discouraging, as silly as that sounds, because it's like, man, I can I can't compete with these people. Like, right, what else right. to do? But something you said to the fact of wherever you are, like whether you're starting with nothing or you're starting with something, is starting wherever it is that you can start. And I right. I think that that is such a 
in my opinion, such a foundational principle for success. Whatever it is that you do and however you define success, if you, if even if it's just, you know, if you want to run a marathon, mm-hmm. even if it's just taking one step, taking that first step is going to be farther than you've been so far. It may not be, you know, you may not be sprinting like everybody else, but you're taking that first step. And I think that's such applying that in whatever it is that you do. Like for me, I've said with this show, like, again, I'm not, there are much bigger podcasts out in the world. Like I am not the biggest, you know, host in the world, but for me, as, as small as it was simply just buying a set of two microphones was like right. what I could do at the beginning. Cause I had the money for it. And I was like, if I can invest in this, I'm invested in it now. Like right, I'm, right. I'm starting it and I'm doing it. So, and it was, it was a very small step, but it allowed me to get to the point where I can do it now and I can take this anywhere I need to take it and I can set it up and do it. And and now I'm in a point now where, right. you know, again, I'm not, it's not some major setup, but it's a lot farther than I was when, before I had started anything. Right. And so I, I just think that that attitude is such an important thing and can be applied in so many different ways across all different spectrums. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool that you were able to start that whenever you first started out. Oh yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm big at, you know, giving my life story, man. Um, like I started from literally nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I, sh- I shared this a couple times before, but, um, so I honestly didn't learn how to read until I was, um, um, in the ninth grade, I really? was like 13 going on 14. Wow. And, um, and the only reason it happened because I was going to, um, the school called Howard. Yeah. And, um, oh man, it was, it wasn't a bad place, but you know, where I, where I come from, it was, it's kind of bad. And I had really looked in the mirror and told myself, I was like, man, if I have to stay here through my whole high school year, yeah. I'm not going to graduate. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I got to figure something out. So I found out about this school called Center for Creative Arts. Yeah. And um, it's a performing arts high school. And I was just like, man, I got to get in there. Mm-hmm. And so um, my cousin had a girlfriend and both of them with her. And um, he did like drawing. I couldn't draw. So I was like, I need to figure something out. And she was a poet. <laughs> and um, she was like um, telling me her poetry, you know. And I, I couldn't read or write, but um, I always had like... Uh, kind of like a poetic kind of because I yeah, grew up listening yeah. to like rap music so yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like in that area I was kind of creative so what I did was we had this program at home it was called Hooked on Phonics and I started going through this thing like just teaching myself and then um, I started writing little poems and stuff and um, for the audition I had to have so many poems a couple short stories essays and it was probably terribly written I, I <laughs> I hope nobody ever. I hope nobody still had this this stuff. But uh, so I got my mom and I told her I said I want to go audition. So I went to the audition, scared as all get out, and I, I brought this a portfolio of things that they asked for. And then when we was there, we had to actually write off some topics they gave us. And um, I remember after it was over with, I was like, man, I'm not getting in there. <laughs> so it, it was crazy. And the last day of school, um, I was at my buddy's house. And I called my mom to let her know, like, I was at my buddy's house because the streetlights had begun to come on. And she was like, come home. I want you to see something. And I went home, and I had a letter, acceptance letter, saying I got in. And at that moment, man, my life kind of changed for the best. So I went to a place where, you know, at first I could only see, I couldn't see past Chattanooga because the people who I was going to school with at Howard, they never, like, really left the city. Or if they did, it went to, like, MTSU or something. Mm. But going to CCI, I see people go off to Paris, California, New York. Um, 
I'm seeing people who, you know, getting to dance with celebrities and stuff. And it just opened my mindset and the world became so much bigger to me. And um, I, I give that place a lot of credit because if it weren't for, had not been for that place, I don't know where I would have been, you know. So um, those are some humble beginnings. Um, but it was like night and day. I left one place and then went to another place and it's like the world just became bigger and I realized that I'm capable and I can do a lot more things than I thought I could. Wow. That was, I, I, I did not know that. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. That is awesome. That's yeah. such a, to me, like, man, wow. Thank you for sharing that. That is awesome. I, I mean that, that first off for one thing, like for, you know, by your own testament for someone that, uh, Apparently could not. Did you, did you say just read or read and write? Or well, I could write a little bit, yeah. but I, I couldn't read. Like I was, it was terrible. Well, that, that's crazy to me because I mean, not that you're like writing right now or yeah. reading, anything, but like I wouldn't know it. Like you are right. an extremely well spoken <laughs> individual, and like you, you like that's that's just awesome. That's so cool to me. Um, but man, like that is that like what you just talked about right there. Like that is the reason why I do that. Like that's so cool to hear. Like it's to me stories like that and again like you obviously still have i imagine you have much bigger dreams than just what you're doing right now and but like seeing the the in my mind the runway you have in front of you right now compared to what you just told me of where you came from and what you like what you're doing now like that's so cool to see someone come from where they came from from very humble beginnings and now like look at where you are now i think that's so cool so thank you for sharing that man that's awesome no problem and you know um like i told you i got the um i remember things (laughs) So when I was in eighth grade, man, it was a guy. His name was, and I, I'm gonna say his name. His name was Quan Buchanan, and um, I remember he. I think he was from California, and he said he was from like Orange County or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, we was writing something. I forget what we was writing, but um, I was trying to write it out. And he was like uh, Orange County, and I remember I couldn't even spell Orange, and I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> you know. And I think about things like that now because it's like. I always want to be better than I was, yeah. and um, any little kid who who I see and that resembles a a little bit of me, you know, I try to let them know like this is not the end all, yeah. be all. You yeah. know, you you got an opportunity to change, you got an opportunity to to recreate yourself and and do better things. Like, you know, everybody's not it, when it comes to like education, everybody's not. Um, gonna do well Mm -hmm. i mean some people are just creators Mm -hmm. you know and um i had to learn that for myself like um was it is it einstein who said if you judge a fish by its ability to ride a bike it'll go through life thinking it was stupid yeah yeah and that always stuck out to me because it's like it was certain things that i wasn't good at not saying i couldn't do i just wasn't good at and um now i'm at the point now where it was like i'm living the best life i could possibly be living yeah um but knowing where I came from, it just it give me chills sometimes because I'm like, man, I, I didn't think it would like yeah. my YouTube channel. I didn't think I would be at yeah. this point. You yeah. know, I heard from my third grade reading level, uh, it was probably prisons being built. Yeah. But thank God I never got it. Went to one, so you know, it's just one of the things. Like, you know, I feel like with my life, I've grown a lot and um, I've matured and. Um, you know, just because I was dealt a certain hand, mm-hmm. I just learned how to play it, yeah. play it well. I love it, man. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that, yeah. that, genuinely, <laughs> like that just put a smile on my face, and that was just the best thing to hear. So I appreciate you sharing yeah, that. Yeah, man, that was awesome, man. Um, well, 
honestly, I mean, that was, we, we are nearing the hour mark. Uh, I, I cannot think of a better way to cap off everything. So, uh, thank you for sharing that. That was, that was awesome. Uh, let me just be the first to say, uh, I've obviously just kind of recently learned about you and your story, but, um, I love what you're doing. Uh, I think that anybody that is willing to take a bet on themselves in whatever way, uh, I'm always trying to cheer them on. So keep it up, man. Uh, and, and you're, I, th- I think you're doing great. Uh, and it's obviously seems, seems to be working out for you. So uh, for just keep it up, keep doing great things. And, uh, I'm excited to see where you go from here, man. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Uh, before we finish, I know I just said we were about to finish, but there is one thing I want to do. So with each uh, guest I like to have on, uh, I like to have an ending segment, uh, just a little bit different than everything we've done before. But uh, I like to end with a little segment I like to call 15 Quick Questions. And so uh, if you don't mind, I would like to just play this little segment with you. It's 15 Quick Questions. They'll be this or that question. So it'll be A or B, hot or cold, this or that, you know. Uh, so I just want to hear your off the top of your head your thoughts and hear what you have to say. So sound good to you? Yeah. All right, let's do this. This is 15 Quick Questions. And, and uh, I I've done this with the the, past, the two other people that I do that work in the food industry, and so I made them most of them food related, just because this is your, your realm, and so I want to hear what you think. So, uh, this is fifteen quick questions with Cornelius. So, question number one: uh, hot coffee or iced coffee? You can substitute tea or whatever beverage of choice you can in there if you like. Iced coffee. Iced coffee. Uh, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Yes. Oh, I love pineapple on pizza. Have, have you ever had, I've seen pictures of like pizzas with other fruits. Have you ever had other fruits on pizza? I never have. I no, but I thought pineapple on pizza was disgusting <laughs> for my whole life until I actually tried it. I'm and telling I was you, like, man, whoa. I am a huge <laughs> pineapple fan and I've always loved pineapple on pizza. So that is, that's that's a hill that I'm willing to die on. So, um, all right. Number three, does ranch belong on spaghetti? Yes or no? Yes. Oh. Ranch belongs Thank to everything. You. Thank you. I have had, <laughs> listen, this, everyone who is listening to this that knows this, I have said so many times, ranch, whether you, you, you don't have to like it, but ranch is justifiable on spaghetti. It is so good. Right. It, it's great with it. <laughs> Man, that, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, all right. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. I'm a big waffles guy. I love the, I like the texture on them. Yeah. Pancakes are good though. Um, which you prefer French fries or tater tots? French fries. French fries are good. Uh, would you rather eat cookie dough or brownie batter? Brownie batter. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, that's, that's a tough one for me, <laughs> but I, I enjoy brownie as well. Um, which you prefer Italian food or Mexican food? Mexican. Mexican food is, I'm on a big Mexican kick right now. So I agree. I mean, I've <laughs> been on a big Mexican kick for, you know, how old am I? 22. So, tw- you know, going on 22 years. Um, all right. Uh, what's better on a hot day, ice cream or popsicles? Oh, that's a good one. Sorbet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. Which do you prefer, guacamole or salsa? Honestly, I would have said salsa, but uh, it's a place here called Nothing But Guac, and they have the best guacamole. I never ate guacamole, eating guacamole until here in town? Hills. Yeah, where's it at? Um, it's located off of Lee Highway. Um, it is. Uh, I, to try, I, I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, I'm about to try it, this it, place out now. He got this guacamole called Southside, and it got um, um, diced jalapenos in there. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I never liked guacamole until I had his. Really? I'm the biggest guacamole fan now. So what's it called again? Um, nothing but guac. Awesome. I'm going to have to try that out. I'm definitely going to try def- one. I have not been, been aware of this, so I'm going to definitely try it out. Um, all right. Which do you prefer, crunchy peanut butter or creamy peanut butter? I used to prefer crunchy. Now it's creamy. I have been – I mean, I love both of them. I have been a huge I've, – I've always been a crunchy fan. I don't know what it is, but I've always been a, <laughs> been a big crunchy fan. Um, all right. Whenever you're cooking, do you prefer like – 
more appliances, more like things that can do things for you? Or do you like to kind of do it more traditional and kind of do it all yourself? Like just you and a knife and a cutting board. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, cause I mean, you can get an appliance for like everything nowadays. I prefer doing it myself, but <laughs> I got carpet tunnel now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm actually depending on the appliances to help me out. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Uh, all right. Spicy food or mild food? Oh, man, I would have said spicy, but now I'm I'm getting older, so <laughs> I'm going more to a mild now. But I really love spice, like I really love a hot. Mm-hmm. But now getting older, it's, it doesn't like me. See, it's funny. I, I did not grow up eating. I don't know if you grew up eating spicy food. I didn't grow up eating very spicy food much of my life. And as I've gotten older, I mean, I'm not that old, but as I've gotten older, I have become more like. I like spicier food. Right, I don't right. know what it is like. What it, for whatever reason? I mean, I still like food that's not spicy. That but, was me. Yeah. And now it's like and the spicy don't like me no more. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. The last three questions: Would you rather go vegan or carnivore? Vegan. Vegan. Nice. I think I would too. I. I, I mean, I like. I'm, yeah. I like. I like meat, but you're kind of in my mind like you're kind of just restricting yourself. Like there's just yeah. there's only so much you can do in my mind, you know. So, right. Um, all right. Last three questions: Sweet or savory? Which you prefer? Um, mixed. Mixed? Okay, how about this? If I were to, if I had a bowl of, you like ice cream? Yes. Ice cream and let's say, I don't know, like, there's there's lots of different savory oh. dishes in my mind. If I, if I had a bowl of whatever whatever you prefer at this moment, so <laughs> which so would I you say? Oh, nice. When I eat grits, I put sugar in there and I put gravy on it. Really? There. Yeah, so I mix them together. You like a mix? Yeah. I like it, I like it. All right, uh, and then final question. I like to change up the questions for everybody, but this one, this final question, I ask of everybody, so I want to hear your your answer and kind of your thought process. Mm-hmm. Would you rather fight a hundred duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? So you got a you got one really big duck mm-hmm. or a hundred tiny horses. Which would you rather fight, and why? What's your What's your thinking here? The I'll rather fight the the one. The one. Okay. So what's your What's your thinking here? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I get out. No, I get overpowered by the little ones. They're like they'll run all around. You know. Yeah. It just it, it too much to. I can't focus on all of them. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got for you. So thank you for playing along. I appreciate it. Uh, before we finish, I know you've got you're on all the different social media accounts. So I'll make sure you're on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So I'll put that in the description. Do you have any other links or any different ways people can find you online or anything you'd like to mention? Um, so um, going forward, uh, we're starting a new show with News Channel 12. Uh, I don't know the name of the show, but I actually started taping tomorrow. I, um, oh, so not, well, congratulations. By the time this come out, I've yeah. already been taped. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're starting shooting six episodes tomorrow uh, with Chip Chapman. So, uh, and that's pretty cool. And yeah. it's a partnership with um, the Kick Incubator yeah. and um, News Channel 12, um, just to spotlight entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, also, what else do we have going on? Um, oh, we're going to start uploading more video content yeah. to YouTube. Um, yeah. So we do once a week now, every Thursday at 7 p.m. But I figure by the spring or summer, we're going to actually add another time slot on to do two a week. So Nice. I like it. Well, I'll make sure, uh, obviously, your social media accounts, I'll make sure those are linked down below and along with YouTube and everything. So uh, if you're listening, you want to check out Cornelius, uh, I'll have all those links down there. And if, if by the time this gets uploaded, if the if the channel, the show you're done with, uh, what, what news channel did you say it was? Uh, news Channel 12. Gotcha. If that's up, then I'll make sure that's linked down below. But if, if not, if it's not down below, then 
just be on the lookout for it. So, um, yeah. Oh, also, I got yeah. one more thing. Yeah, Sorry yeah, yeah. about this. No, you're oh, good. Every first and third Friday at the Kitchen Incubator, we have this thing called Food Truck Friday um, where we have so many entrepreneurs out. You probably go out there, it's like 25 food trucks, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. from 11 to 3. So every first and third Friday, we're out there. So if you want to have try some of my delicious foods, come out there, my drinks. Um, we're out there from 11 to 3 every first and third Friday. And not only me, but a bunch of entrepreneurs. And we have sometime US 101 out. We have Groove 93 out. So And um, tons of um, um, news stations out as well. So... I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, and that, and that's at Incubator. Yes. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so yeah, if if you're not aware, it's it's a place in Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Tennessee. So if you're in the area, then definitely go check them out. That'd be awesome. Uh, I'll have a link for like their website down below as well. So if you want to check it out, that is down there as well. So, uh, but yeah, with all that all that said, I appreciate, it, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for chatting with me. It's been been thank an absolute fan. pleasure, man. Awesome. Uh, and for everybody out there, thank you for uh, listening to this episode. As always, I appreciate your support and just for listening to the show. As I mentioned, if you'd like to. Uh, check out any of the links we mentioned. Those will be down below in the description. And if you'd like to uh, contact me, that will be down in the link uh, in the description as well. So uh, thank you again, Cornelius. It's been a pleasure. Thank Thank you you for everybody listening. And I'll catch you all on another episode of the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast. As one final reminder, if you'd like to support the show, then don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to check out any links that were mentioned during the show or follow the show or myself on social media, then feel free to head to the description of today's episode to find these links. As always, thank you again for checking out today's episode. and I really hope you enjoyed it. I will catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. See ya.